Welcome to episode four of Saved by the Ball, the Motown Chronicles. Uh, my name is German. I'm here with Money, and uh, today we'll be talking the Pistons. Money, how What's you up, doing? Guys? Good, good. Just got off work, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, unique. We're recording early in the morning, so uh, actually, I kind of prefer this, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, get right into this. Uh, this is going to be a Pistons episode. Uh, we'll talk uh, trades, rookies. Uh, injuries, free agency signings. We'll get right into it. We'll uh, we'll start with the trades uh, to you know see who's gone and and who who's here now. Um, so we'll start with uh, Derrick Rose. So Derrick Rose was traded to uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, we got second round pick and Dennis Smith Jr. for for uh, D Rose. Uh, give me your thoughts on this trade and uh, you think um, you know it was the right move or do you you think we should have held on to D Rose here? Um. At first, I didn't really like the move. Uh, I thought we could have maybe got more than second, but I guess, like, as I've been seeing these other trades going on and and how Derrick Rose has done in New York, I guess a second rounder is, is fair for him, but I wish we would have got about two of them. I uh, don't really care for Dennis Smith Jr. I thought he was going to have, like, a little bit of a bounce-back season with us, and it wasn't a bounce-back season, but he did, he did improve from his uh, – play from when he was in new york and but as soon as killian came back it looks like they've kind of shied away from him and been sticking to killian and uh cory joseph so it's and um saving lee so it looks like he's kind of like already out of the rotation here in detroit too so that's the only part that i don't like about that yeah he's been uh he has been playing lately he's been dnp you know ever since cory joseph came came along we'll talk about him too um yeah but yeah, he's um, ideally I would have liked a you know a late first, but I, I kind of knew that wasn't gonna happen, and, and we spoke about that trade deadline. Yeah, um, that wasn't gonna happen. Um, you know, I would have wanted a, a ideally a, a young player, and I guess you know you can consider Dennis Smith, uh, Jr. a young player, but you know that doesn't really have the, the ceiling you want or the you know the potential uh, for improvement that you'd like. Um, right. But, but that second round pick is nice and uh, just replenishing, uh, you know what we gave up. Um, in the Sadiq for Luke trade, we gave up four second round picks. So just trying to replenish the picks. That's I'm I'm okay with it. Right, right. Like not a terrible move, but also not a great move. It's something that can't complain about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, D Rose was a, a two year guy, like eight years or a two year eight mil guy. You know, you can't complain. Yeah, uh, expiring deal. You couldn't have expected too much for him. So I'm okay with it. And uh, you know, hopefully we can make something out of this pick. Um, it should be a good draft. So we'll see. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so next is Delon Wright. Uh, he was moved to Sacramento for Corey Joseph and two second round picks. Uh, this is a sneaky good move, actually. Uh, we're we're discussing this right after the Sacramento game, uh, and Corey Joseph went off, and uh, Delon Wright was having a pretty dud of a game, and um, it's actually been pretty uh, bad since the trade. So, uh, give me your thoughts of this, and um, what do you think? You know, uh, of the picks and and the value. Yeah, I do like the fact that we got two second rounders. Uh, I think one of them is the Lakers. And so that's expecting that one to be a late second, but it's still better than nothing, uh, especially with. uh, You never know with uh, LeBron hurt, AD hurt. And, uh, you know, they're they're being led by Andre Drummond right now. You know, they can fall. Yes. And, uh, you know, we've we've seen how that goes. So, yeah, that's that's true. And uh, our our second rounder so far is Saban Lee. He's working out. So I don't mind having all these second rounders. the fact that Saban Lee stepped up. Oh, sorry. I just talked. Damn. We weren't even talking about Saban Lee. I said Saban Lee. But um, cut that part out. 
Yeah. Uh, Delon Wright, yeah, like you were saying, he's been playing bad. But the two second rounders, that works out for us. Also, like we know, um, Delon Wright's contract was a little much. So we get we get out of that as well. So more room to sign more free agents this year, or if they, if, they, if that's the plan. Uh, so overall, not a not a bad move at all. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, I, like I said, this just goes back to replenishing your picks. I don't think Delon Wright was ever going to be a long term piece here. Although yeah, yeah. I was I, I was kind of surprised. He he was playing really well, and um, you know he he really yeah. surprised me with his play. So, and. And not to cut you off, but another thing I like about him, what I was trying to say earlier, was that, that he got Saban Lee more playing time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's he's been playing pretty well, too. Him and both Frank Jackson as well. So um, I'm okay with that, too. Um, Delon, it was, you know, I wish you well, but, um, you know, I, I think we both knew <laughs> uh, it wasn't going to be a long-term thing here for him. And, uh, yeah, and then, sure. hey, if, if, if that's what the Pistons want to be, you know, uh, like a kind of a – uh, a place where veterans go play for six months to a year, uh, you know, get their value back up and, and go out there and perform, then, hey, um, I'm okay with that too. And, you know, we'll talk about, um, you know, Josh Jackson and some of those guys later, but that's kind of what they're doing as well. Um, and Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, so the, the last trade we'll talk about is uh, Svi Mihailuk for uh, Hamadou Diallo um, and the second round pick. So I think we gave up a 2024 second round pick. Um, yeah. We'll have to double check that. But uh, yeah, I think this trade is, you know, Svi was a good player, um, but I think his upside was limited, right? His He could have been essentially an elite shooter um, and and good defender, basically a three and D guy. You know, I don't think he'll ever be a guy who can uh, take over a game, try to get his own shot, things like that. I mean, we, he, obviously he's an NBA player. He can do that stuff on the side, uh, but it's, that'll never be his main game. Um, and you know, I had high hopes for him, you know, even when we traded for him, um, you know, he, you know, even, even now after the trade, he's been playing pretty well and, uh, you know, I wish him well. Um, but I did have higher hopes for him, you know, more, uh, consistent shooter, uh, you know, more, a bigger difference maker of the game, uh, which never really showed up here. And, you know, that's still probably possible for him. You know, uh, he does have those genes, you know, uh, he's pretty clutch shooter. He's an iced out shooter. Um, and supposedly, you know, in practice and, and in scrimmages, he, he rarely misses. And I, I've seen it in person. You know, I, I think it was a practice at um, Oakland University a couple years ago. And um, he, he literally missed like one shot uh, the entire day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss V, but, you know, Hamadou Diallo is a good player. He's not as good as a shooter, of course, but, uh, you know, downhill. I think he's probably one of the best downhill players in the game. Um, you know, one of the most athletic players in the game. Uh, I don't know if you saw that um alley from killian hayes uh yeah but uh <laughs> dude killian like threw it from like the three-point line and Hamadou Diallo jumped over three guys and just picked it up out of nowhere and, and, and jammed it in um right so just seeing that kind of stuff you know we haven't seen that kind of excitement on this team in a long long time so i'm excited for that and uh i'm okay with paying him whatever it's going to be you know maybe up till up to like maybe 18 mil um i'm okay with it maybe 16 mil uh maybe not 18 mil a year but maybe, yeah maybe six 15 16 mil a year um i'm okay paying him up to that uh what do you think yeah i don't mind that move either uh one uh you you see how it goes in the nba sometimes all a player needs is like a change of scenery and i think that was a good move for speed and it worked out for us as well i guess it's like a trade that worked out for both sides um like you said diallo he's a good player up and coming player uh one good thing about him is you you listed his athleticism his defense I, I feel like he can be one of those really really good defenders if he puts his mind to it uh just because of his, uh, his size and athleticism uh, athleticism 
so I really do like this trade. Uh, we gave up a 2024 20, uh, second round pick, so I'm not really worried about that. Savi just needed a change of scenery, scenery so it kind of worked out for him too. And uh, yeah, I think it worked out for both parties. Yeah, so, you know, normally when, you know, in the past, when a player has left the Pistons, um, you know, he doesn't have a career in the NBA. He's not an NBA-level player. Or we just hate him so much that, you know, we we start to hate the player. Something mm-hmm. like Andre Drummond. You know, I'm probably the biggest hater of Andre Drummond. I, I hate him so much. Um, you know, Reg, Reggie Jackson, those guys. You start to hate those guys because yeah, they, for you know, sure. they were just all around for so long. Um, or there's just players that just never play in the NBA again after playing for the Pistons. So it's nice to be able to look at players around the league and, and uh, you know, have, have guys you like, you know, DeLon Wright, um, you know, Savi. Uh, D Rose, you know, you can root for these kind of players and, um, you know, you can say, Hey, they're former Pistons. So that's, it's good to say, good to see. Yeah. So we'll uh, kind of end off this, this portion with uh, talking about Blake Griffin, uh, you know, no trade, obviously bought out. Uh, I signed with the nets. Uh, I see a lot of anger from people who are like pissed. Oh, he was uh, mailing it in for the Pistons. Uh, you know, he could have dunked the entire time or, you know, uh, he wasn't rolling and screening as hard as he could have like, who cares, man? Like, <laughs> okay, even if he did set hard screens, even if he did dunk the entire year, would we be in any different place? We probably have what five more wins this year. I mean, it doesn't affect. You know, I I wish Blake Griffin well. You know, that kind of the the weird stuff he was doing with Isaiah Stewart in that game against the Pistons was kind of pissing me off. You know, but that's classic Blake. You know, I mean, when he was on our team, we loved it. Uh, I guess when he's against you, you hate it. So, uh, you know, I wish the guy well. You know, he he. He did like his time here, and, uh, you know, he, he was genuine about it. So what are your thoughts on Blake Griffin? And do uh, you have any hard feelings about, you know, how he left or, or you know, what the situation is? No, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I, I don't I don't really care about how how everyone's saying, you know, like he had zero dunks with us in, the, in a year and a half or something like that, and, like, this many with the Nets so far. It's, it's I don't really care. I already knew that either this year or next year he was gone from this team. So the – the situation wouldn't have, like you said, wouldn't have gotten any better whether he was here for what, like another half of a season and then traded in the off season. I mean, this is better for us. We're, we're trying to tank. We're, I guess we, I can't say we're trying to tank. We're, we're in the rebuild. So the more losses we have is better. Who cares if Blake gets us like five or six more wins? His contract was atrocious. I guess like people were mad that saying that he could have, we could have got traded instead of bought out. Nobody was going to trade for that contract. And if they were going to, Weaver would have made the move. So I don't I don't mind that at all. But I did get pissed off in that game as well. I was just so annoyed by it. Like, well, what are you doing with these rookies? Like, they're just rookies and and whatnot. But like you said, it's like a situation where if you, if it's on your team, you don't care. But 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 if it's against your team, then you're it pisses you off. <laughs> I kind of like how Isaiah Stewart wasn't back in town or anything, even though you know they were teammates literally a week ago. And uh, you know he probably looked up to Blake as a mentor or something. He didn't back away. Well, and, well, uh, even even Bay, he he drove it right on him. Yeah, yeah. So that was good to see. And that's probably a good transition into you know we can start talking about the rookies here. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, we have three rookies. Actually, we have four rookies. Um, we'll talk about Killian Hayes was taken at seven, Isaiah Stewart at sixteen, Sadiq Bay at nineteen, and Frank um, Saban Lee. Sorry, was at forty five. I think so. Um, you know, if we take a look back to episode one. You know, we talked about the rookies and what we thought about them and, and, you know, what they would do and what we expected from them. Uh, I guess, has that changed? Where are you now with these rookies? Um, wh- what do you th- think of their progression? What do you think of where they are versus where they should be? And uh, what do you think about their future? 
So we'll start with Killian, uh, you know, obviously the biggest name. Actually, no, let's save Killian for last. Obviously, the injuries kind of hindered things. Let's go um, back to front. Let's start with Saban Lee. Uh, give me your thoughts on Saban Lee and, um, you know, what he's been doing and, you know, what his future is here. For Saban Lee, for what he's been doing is, I think it's good. Um, honestly, I didn't even expect him to kind of see time this year. So the fact that he's seeing time and coming out there and having nights like, uh, the other night, uh, I think it was a couple nights ago or a couple games ago, I should say, like he had about five assists or something like that. And he's a second round pick. I didn't even really expect him to even get any playing time this year. I thought he was probably going to be in our G League team, honestly. But of course, because of Killian's, Killian's injury and some trades, he got uh, he got time in our lineup. And I think I, I love his athleticism. I love his drive. I, th- I think he's only going to get better. So I think that was a really good pick by Weber once again. So let's see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of there with you. At the time, I actually hated the pick um, because last year, you know, uh, you remember Jordan Bone. We had Jordan Bone last year. Essentially yeah. the same exact player, uh, you know, athletic point guard. Um, and that really just didn't work out. And my ex- expectations for Bone were so high and he flamed out so my, bad, mine bad. too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was so, I was kind of scarred from there and um, you know, taking undersized athletic guards um, who don't really, who wasn't, whose, you know, main game wasn't vision and, and, you know, being a court general, you know, that wasn't really, you know, who I wanted or who I wanted mm-hmm. to take, especially in the second round to take a fly run. Uh, but Hey, it's Troy Weaver doing this thing, man. He's a uh, same Lee. He can get to the rim. He can get his shot. Um, and he plays within the game. He plays within the offense. You know, he doesn't force things. Um, he passes it when he needs to. And he can find his, his teammates too. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's obviously, you know, has a high ceiling or anything, but, you know, mm-hmm. he'd definitely be a serviceable player. And, you know, he's on a two-way contract, but I'll definitely want to see him on the, the actual roster last year, uh, next year. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know, in two, three years, uh, I can definitely see him being a nice piece off the bench for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in your thoughts, when he got drafted, did you even think he was going to get time this year? No, you know, I thought he was going to be Jordan Bone 2.0, you know, uh, a a G League guy who would stay essentially in the G League. Um, So, and you never know, and you never never, you never know with these second round guys, like nobody, I mean, you probably kind of knew about Draymond just because you're a Michigan State fan, but he was a second round pick and nobody expected him to become this defensive player of the year type of guy. You never know what these, ty- I'm not saying that saving Lee is going to be a defensive player of the year, but you never know what these guys drives and uh, competitiveness, what they turn out to be. And so far I'm, I'm liking his drive the way he t- uh, attacks the game. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, it's funny. I think uh, he went to Vanderbilt, right. And his coach at yeah. Vanderbilt was Jerry Stackhouse uh, and Jerry Stackhouse was, obviously a, a famous piston but he was also a coach under Dwayne Casey in Toronto for like four or five years mm-hmm. um, so there's uh I think you'll notice with a lot of these players there are connections and there are uh you know they had inside knowledge on a lot of these players so um it's good to see you know I, I like Sabin uh, you know I hope he sticks around and you know if he can start to develop that three-point jumper you know he's hitting I think he's hitting above uh you know 33 percent this year which is surprising because um you know that was his main thing he wasn't known so, yeah he wasn't known for a shot at all yeah, so uh, moving on from Saban Lee, we'll go to pick 19, Sadiq Bey. Uh, I think this is probably one of the bigger surprises of of the draft in general, not just for the Pistons. So give me your thoughts. Um, you know, has your has your thoughts of him changed since the draft? Um, do you think his his uh, potential has changed since we drafted him? Um, well, 
Well, you, you remember me, me and you were talking during draft night. I I, I wanted Sadiq Bey at Isaiah Stewart's pick. So when he, when we got him with the pick even later than that, I, I was even more excited that he fell that, that late. And I do believe he's the steal of the draft. Probably not the best player in the draft for sure, but I do believe he's the steal of the draft. And I, I love the way he he's coming along. He's shooting the three tremendously. He's setting up nice. He's setting hard picks. He's fighting down low. And when he get he when he posts up and actually tries to post up, he you can see he moves people out the way. I mean, not the big guys, but but he's moving people out the way. Yeah. I'm loving his potential so far. Yeah, he has a a sneaky one on one game and a sneaky, yeah. a, a sneaky ISO game too. Um, and and recently he's been going down and and backing down smaller players. I think in the beginning of the season. He was taken against bigger players and he was getting completely shut down. So I think in the first like 25 games, his three point shooting percentage out, uh, you know, was much higher than his two point shooting percentage just because he was mm-hmm. getting stuffed every single time. But yeah, no, he's, I think he's good. He's living up to, you know, mo- for most rookies, they never live up to what they're built to be. I think Sadiq is definitely living up what he's built to be. I definitely didn't know he had this one-on-one game. I don't really create his own shot like this, um, but you can definitely see why he fell. You know, he does lack some athleticism. Uh, his shot is funky. I can definitely see it being easily blockable. Yeah, and, but uh, I mean, form, form. <laughs> as long as as long as it's going in, I guess yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's shooting thirty-eight percent from the three right now. That's that's amazing for a rookie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the last thing on him was I think he was a, a senior, right? So he's a bit older. I think he's twenty-two. So yeah, uh, is it you know how much can he actually improve? You know, this was the same thing that happened with Kyle Kuzma. You know, he came out of uh, college; he was a senior, four-year player, uh, and he, he he lit it up his first year, uh, but he never really progressed from there. Um, and that's why kind of people started hating him. You know, uh, he never really progressed, and and people blame him, but not really. I mean, he was a four-year player. You know, those guys guys never really um, blossom much more than you know when they come out. So, I guess my question to you is: is what is his ceiling? You know, is he a elite rotation player or can he be a alpha or can he can he be, you know, a, a leader on a team or, you know, a first or second option on a team playoff team? Um, Real quick before that, the dude's birthday was literally just yesterday. So shout out to Sadiq Bay. Happy belated birthday. Just turned hey, 22 yesterday. B- birthday pop for you, Sadiq. <laughs> right. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So that, that's a good question. So some nights when I watch him, I, I really think like just because of how you listed earlier, his athleticism isn't the greatest. He, I feel like he's like an elite rotational player. I don't think he's going to be that. I don't I don't see him as an all star. I don't see him as like a superstar, but I see him as like an elite uh, rotational player like Robert Covington, how he was on the 76ers when he was shooting all those threes playing defense. I don't, I don't know what happened to the guy now, but that that's kind of like where I see see him headed towards. Yeah, I, I was kind of there with you. I was thinking more like Chris Middleton or like an elite Trevor Ariza or something. And, uh, you know, that, those are definitely good pieces. But are those, you know, game changers or are those, um, you know, uh, franchise level players? So. You know, that's why I kind of like to dampen my expectations of Sadiq only because he's old, you know, unathletic and, you know, nothing against him. Obviously, I love the guy, but mm-hmm. um, what is his ceiling? So that's kind of what, you know, I ask myself, I, I ask myself that a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, some days he lights it up. Some days, you know, uh, he's kind of hit a rookie wall, you know, last, you know, couple of weeks. But um, I don't know. We'll see. You know, yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely not a negative player for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he dropped twenty five points a couple of nights ago, so uh, he he's he's still learning too. And I feel like he's gonna be like that 
Tayshawn Prince type of player where he isn't going to be the guy, but he'll be a, a really solid guy for the Pistons that as long as there's he has two or three good players around him, this guy will be hitting his shots and doing his part on the defensive end too. I feel like that's like what his role is going to be on, on this Pistons team. Not exactly this roster. Once it's like completely built, I'm saying, I feel like he's going to be like that Tayshaun Prince type of role. Obviously Tayshaun Prince was a great defender. So I I don't know if he'll be a great defender, but I feel like he'll be a rotational piece like that. Yeah. And and I think an overlooked part of his game that I really appreciate is just his confidence and he's not afraid to let it fly. You know, like um, players like Luke Kennard, you know, they had so much talent, um, but they were always just so passive and he was scared to shoot it. And he never really took over the game. Um, yeah. You, know, you just never had that gene. And I don't think that's something you can coach. So just having players with that gene and, and being able to step up and make a big shot or take a big shot. You know, I think that's an underrated trait. And uh, Sadiq has that for sure. Yeah. And uh, nothing against older players either, because uh, if you remember CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard, they all came out when they were like 21, 22. So not saying this guy's going to be like that, but let's see how his development goes. You know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, future is definitely bright um, for Sadiq, you know, as is almost all these rookies. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take it to Isaiah Stewart. And I believe Paul George, Paul George was about 20, 21 when he came out somewhere around there. And uh, I think I haven't confirmed this, but I think his number, his Sadiq Bay's rookie numbers are better than Paul George's rookie numbers. That'd be nice. Or even like a Jimmy Butler. I know he was, uh, he had a, oh, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, that's a good one right there too. Thing is, I'm not sure, you know, those guys have athleticism, right? So, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I guess hindsight's 2020. 20. It's easy to see those guys, but I don't know if I can see Sadiq taking that jump, but. Hey, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. A- I mean, that, that that that's that's the Pistons homer me hoping he makes a jump like that. But I don't, I don't like I said, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that. I think he's going to be more of a like a Robert Cummington type of guy, like a three and D type of dude that that can get you probably. Uh, I don't know. He's he, I, I feel like he's ne- never going to average over 18 points. I, I don't know. That's just like a feeling of mine. <laughs> yeah. And hey, that's not bad either. You know, so I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. Right. You know who I will, you know, this is a good transition. Um, Isaiah Stewart taking at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he may be the steal of the draft here. Um, so a little background on Isaiah Stewart. That's a good one too. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, he was probably, he was one of the top high school players in the nation. I think he's like number two behind Anthony. Edwards. He was two. Yep. Yeah. And he was one of the highest rated recruits of like all time. He was, he was like, his uh, uh, 247 score was like, 99.93 or something and uh he was <laughs> he turned down michigan state turned on duke he turned on all these big schools and went to washington mm-hmm. and um you know one of the assistant coaches at washington worked with troy weaver at at syracuse i believe so uh he had inside knowledge there as well uh but this is probably one of my favorite players in the draft man this guy is the definition of detroit basketball this guy is you know, he's the anti Andre Drummond, you know, Andre Drummond, you know, took the threes, you know, when he didn't need to, Um, you know, he didn't play with energy, didn't play with hustle. Um, You know, wasn't really smart during having basketball IQ. You know, just, I know, honestly, I've, I've didn't bring the energy, couldn't motivate his teammates. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've talked about Andre Drummond way too much in this podcast. You know, he doesn't deserve (laughs) that from us, but Isaiah Stewart is the anti Andre Drummond. And and the reasons everyone hated Drummond, is the same reasons why everyone will love Isaiah Stewart. Um, and I was looking at, I, I've been just watching like his college, you know, highlights and, and stuff and um, just his background. This guy has owned James Wiseman 
and Onyeka Nkongwu. I know we talked about him owning Onyeka Nkongwu in our first episode, but mm-hmm. uh, this guy straight up ate James Wiseman in AAU camps and college. Uh, I don't know how people saw Wiseman over Stewart, but uh, this is, I love this kid, man. This kid, and people, I know we mentioned Draymond Green earlier. You know, I think that's, he can be that. You know, we haven't seen the playmaking yet, uh, but it's there. Um, you know, people said the same thing about his three-point shot. You know, uh, we, we haven't seen it yet, but it's definitely there. And now we're, oh, seeing, yeah, there's it. Potential we're seeing it. There. We're seeing it full-fledgedly in front of us, you know. So, um, you know, obviously he won't be an open court dream on green. He won't bring the ball up and stuff, but he has that vision. He can be a playmaker. And this guy's going to be good. Um, oh, yeah. There was talk about him, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, maybe be a starter, maybe be a career six-man or something. But I don't know. I, I really like this kid. Oh, and and you know I liked him. Like as soon as we picked him, I, when I did my research about him, like I, I fell in love with this dude. We were, I think we both said something about like comparing him to how Ben Wallace played when we were texting. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and, and it's funny because they were calling Zion Baby Shaq. I mean, can we call this guy Baby Ben? Because <laughs> this dude, he brings all that energy. The other day, uh, I don't know if it was the last game or the game before that, he had like four blocks in the. In the first quarter, I believe it was. Yeah, I saw that. And, I think the last game, I think he had a he had like twenty three and fourteen or something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this dude's just killing it. And we both talked about his post game, and in our first podcast, we both mentioned how he beat guys that were supposedly better than him or ranked better than him. So this guy is just bringing all the energy. He's setting the picks hard. He's flying to the basket, and like you mentioned earlier with the whole Blake Griffin thing, he doesn't back down from no one. Uh, there, he's been. He's been in a couple tuffles already as a rookie, but I, I like to see that. I like that this guy's not backing down from anyone, that he'll go go at anyone, and he's not scared of anyone. That's, like, the mentality that we need. Like, if that was Andre Drummond, he probably – actually, not probably. Joel Embiid made him crumble. So, it's, like, I love the energy that this kid is bringing right now. Yeah, and just the, just the attitude, just the basketball attitude. You know, we're, we saw it in, in Cleveland with Drummond. Uh, these guys brought in Jarrett Allen – uh, they asked Drummond to come off the bench, and he said no. And he got pissed, and he they they said, "All right, well, we'll sit out, and we'll try to buy you out or find a trade." So uh, we don't need those kind of guys, you know. I don't want those kind of kind of guys around here. So, oh yeah, exactly. And, and he he'll be he'll be good for his teammates too, because you can tell how he motivates his uh his the, his team around him. So it's like those are the guys that you want in your lineup. Yeah, exactly. So. I think I and, and, stay. Uh, oh, yeah, for but, sure. But, um, you know, there's talk, you know, I don't know if we want to get too much of the draft talk, but, you know, if, um, you know, mobile, if they take Mobley, do you think Stewart can slide into the four? Um, you know, I know we got Sekou. I know we got Jeremy Grant. You know, I know we got a lot of big bodies. Um, so that's kind of the one thing, you know, Mobley is really, really good. Um, and I don't know if both these guys can be on the same team. So that's, that's but, the one thing. I don't know who has a higher ceiling. I don't know if it should hinder you from taking Mobley. Um, I don't know. But that that yeah, I kind of stand with you there. It's like um, it's like what do you do at that at, at that position? Because do you just stick with Isaiah and go take one of the guards that are supposed to be elite in this draft? There's so many guards in the top five. I mean, we talked about Kuminga. He's not a guard, but he's a small forward. We talked about Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs. So it's like. Do you, do you take a guard and develop someone with killing Hayes and just let Isaiah take over the five for now and see how that goes? And that that's the route I'm leaning. I'm, I'm leaning towards taking a, a, a one of these elite guards in the top five and going going that route and letting Isaiah handle the five for now. Yeah, 
I agree. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll know more once the lottery comes around. Uh, you know, it's probably not efficient to be talking about that kind of stuff before the lottery. So, uh, and, and, and some people are scared that like he, he might be too small. He, he's the same size as Bam from the, the Heat. So, and we already saw the way this guy plays deep inside. He can block shots. He has a big body, so he can man up with anyone. So it's I don't I don't think that should be a worry of people of, of his defense and in this league right now. It's not like there it's like the old school big man posting up. Oh, so no. it's yeah. And, so yeah, it's and, not and, like and, he's gonna have to bang with the, anybody. Mostly like Embiid and uh, Jokic, but there's not too many of those type of centers left now. Yeah, I, I think in today's NBA uh, defense is I would say eighty percent effort. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's take it to Killian. Um, so a poor kid, man, got hurt after seven games. Um, I, he was actually really struggling. Um, and he was, it's, it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I think, I think he was out for what, two months, uh, maybe mm-hmm. three months. Uh, he said, even while he was hurt, you know, he didn't stop learning or, or you know, practicing. So uh, I think we're seeing it now. Uh, you know, he was, I think it was game seven. It was really bad. He was turning the ball over. He couldn't even bring the ball up without turning it over. Uh, he was scared to shoot. Um, and, you know, his thing, his confidence was at an all-time low. Um, so uh, tell me what you think about his injury. Uh, tell me what you think about his return. And, uh, you know, what are you seeing? And, you know, what does he need to improve on? Your uh, Killian Hayes thoughts. Um, so with Killian, I guess, I guess we already knew from the beginning that he was the most raw player in the last year's draft that was going to be selected in the lottery. That's um, I, yeah, I want to pause you there. That is probably the thing everybody needs to remember. You know, there's every, every everyone's talking about, hey, we should take a Halliburton. Uh, dude, the draft is literally like three months ago. You need to chill out. You know, right. uh, we knew Killian was going to be raw. You know, that's. Uh, even you know, be, even in addition, you know, because of that, you know, even though we knew he was raw, we still ended up taking him. You know, so we knew it was going to be a long term mm-hmm. thing. You know, and we knew uh, immediately that right away that Halliburton was going to be the better prospect. We knew that, so there's no need to be saying that. You know, four or five months after the draft, we knew it was going to be like this, right? So yeah. I, I want to stop you there, and I just wanted to stop you there, and you know, emphasize that point. So yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, no, and yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Like, uh, we we both said it during the first podcast that this guy he 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 was probably gonna be like one of those guys that took two years to develop. Like, I'm still not even next year gonna have these high expectations from that fans have for him now. I, I feel like he's like the most judged rookie the Pistons have had in a long, long time. Because like, people remember Henry Ellenson. I don't even think he got bashed like this. Like Killian's people are talking about trading Killian, and it, like you said, and it's not even uh three months since he got drafted like come on man like what do you mean trade killian he's only 19 years old he's raw he's still developing so it's like give this dude some time like we we emphasize that in the first podcast that this dude was going to take time and it was unfortunate that he got injured but like you said that might have been a blessing in disguise because he was struggling I, I won't i won't shy away from that he was struggling bad but i mean he's gonna live and he's gonna learn so i'd rather him go through these rookie struggles learn this way and just keep picking up on the way the game is played and his passes are beautiful. I will point that out. Some of his passes are amazing. So I, I think if anything, he, he'll make a great facilitator in the future. Um, but his comeback so far, it looks like he's been a little more aggressive. And I think me and you talked about that as well. And one of our texts, we said that we wanted to see him be more aggressive. The first game he wasn't as aggressive, but maybe that was just, you know, first game jitters. 
but the the last two games he's played in um he's at nine and seven and then the game after that he's at 11 uh three rebounds and two assists so he's been a little bit more aggressive and he's just going to keep learning uh, i'm not going to give up on him and like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a full two years before i i start judging him yeah yeah and i don't know if you noticed but you know before his injury the whole talk was oh he can't go right he can only go left he can only go left uh that has been brought up once since he came back. I don't know if you've been watching, but is he can dribble both hands, he can drive both hands, he can shoot both hands, he can lay out with both hands. I mean, that hasn't been an issue post injury. So, yeah, uh, props to him for that. And um, yeah, I've been you know ever since his return, you know that first game kind of scared me. Um, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know, I was like, man, is this another Frankie Nilakina? Can this guy score? This is going to be an issue. But um, if you actually watch his game and, and break it down. He's smooth. Yeah, and his dribble penetration, he can drive, dribble. He can get to the uh, the rim. He can get to the mid-range. Yeah. Uh, his, and issue then is, I, I, his issue I is think... when, he, when he gets there, he doesn't, you know, he's he's obviously a pass-first point guard. Yeah. He wants to make plays. So I think, you know, uh, he gets confused. Uh, you know, he goes out with half shots or, or half passes, you know, and, and they get contested. Uh, but if he goes in hard or strong and he knows he wants to shoot, uh, from the get-go, he can do a, a step back, a pull-up jumper, a floater, or he can just take it hard, and and he can do that. And we've seen him him do that. So I think just with time, he'll get more comfortable and be able to understand in a in a quicker time frame, you know, whether I pass, whether I will I go up for it. And you're right, just watch whenever he's on the court. I just have to watch him because watching him play uh, is 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 nice, man. He you know this was kind of had the same feeling with like Ricky Rubio when he came out. Those passes, just watching him, it's just. It's art. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, nice. it's, it's and, fun to watch. And then one of the, one of the things I was going to say while, uh, earlier were that he, he has a really, really nice step back. Like I, I actually like his step back a lot. And, and they say in today's NBA, a step back is very, very important. And this guy, if he gets that shot down, oh my God, he's going to have a lethal step back. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think with him, it's, it's more confidence. I, I, the game is there. We've both seen it. I just think, you know, sometimes, um, you know, he gets scared or, or confused or, you know, it's just not, a, obviously the NBA is much faster than, you know, whatever league he's ever played in. So the decisions have to be made, have to be made much, much faster. So I think with time that'll come. Um, but again, you know, I don't think he'll ever be an all-star. I don't think he'll ever, I mean, maybe he'll be an all-star, but he'll never be an all NBA player. You know, we have to limit our expectations for him. You know, I, I, I think he'll be like a, like a Goran Dragic kind of player, you know, maybe a little bit less, but uh, if he gets to that level, I'll be happy. Uh, but this shouldn't have him killing on the team. Either, you know, whether he's good, whether he's bad, whether he's healthy, whether he's hurt, it shouldn't hinder the team uh, from taking someone like Cade or, or you know, a guard, uh, you know, a ball-dominant guard. Um, that's where I'm at with that. Right, right. And I think I think, I think think he can be an all-star. Um, like you said, I don't think he'll be a superstar as of right now. If he can get his scoring down, I think this guy, like, the way his body's built, his size frame, the way he dribbles, the way he passes, the way he, uh, his moves are like a step back if he can get his scoring down the passing is there um defense is also there the effort on defense as well oh man, we, we got to talk about that he yeah he's, he's probably the best on-ball defender we have right now exactly that's what i'm yeah. saying bro like that's, this guy that's, is good that's under, <laughs> underrated yeah. part of his game he's probably the on, best on-ball defender on the pistons he's big yeah. bodied and he, yeah. he, he punishes these um these smaller guards, you know, it's hard for them to get around, uh, you know, pick and roll. He can, he can, yeah. you know, break that up. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, the point, the point that I was going to make is if he can get a scoring down, I think he could become a, a superstar, but it all depends on how he develops and where his scoring can be. If he can be a guy that can get like, 
25, five rebounds and seven assists that those are all-star numbers. And that, that can put you into, uh, get you start into the superstar talk. So I, I think he can get there, but it all depends on what he does with the scoring and uh, development from now on. Yeah. And I think these next, I think it's like 20 games are going to be big for him. You know, we've seen it. He's only played four games since he's returned from injury, but he's gotten better in every single game. Uh, these next games are going to be big for him. You know, I really want to see some development. I want to see some aggression and I want to see some, you know, offensive development. development oh, for, for sure. And one more, one more thing to point out his form, his form is really nice too. It's not like this guy's like a bad form or a bad shot or anything like that. It's just, he's just not hitting his shots right now. Once I, I, be, I believe once he starts getting his shots down, He'll, he'll be much, much better. Yeah, and he's taken much smarter shots, too, since he's returned. You know, he took a lot of, you know, quick uh, step-back threes and, and off-balance threes, you know, in those first seven games before he got hurt. But um, I haven't seen – maybe I think I saw one last game, like a step-back three or a off-balance or, you know, off-the-dribble three or shot from him. So uh, he can do that in the mid-range, but, um, you know, off the three, I haven't seen that too much um, since his return. So I think he's playing more controlled and calculated and, you know, with more understanding of what he can and can't do mm-hmm. i agree cool so uh well i'll probably wrap up our rookie discussion uh let's take this into uh the free agents the big ones and we'll we'll wrap it up with uh you know just a general feeling of where we are on the rebuild so uh let's talk about uh the big guy jeremy grant you know i think um he's definitely outperformed what anybody expected uh but i think me and you were kind of I don't, I, want, I don't want to say we called this, but we, you know, we did expect a, a, a jump from Jeremy Grant from what he was doing in Denver to what he's in yeah. Detroit. So um, I don't want to say I called it, but, you know, a jump was expected. Um, so give me your thoughts on Jeremy Grant, uh, what his game is. I know he's kind of hit of a, an efficiency wall recently, but, you know, I think that just comes with leading a team um, and being the, the 1A option uh, for so long in a season, you know, for the first time. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Grant. Yeah, and like you said, we we both kind of called it. I, I definitely wouldn't have thought what he was averaging this season. He was going to average that. Uh, definitely didn't think he was going to be this good. But th- this move has been a great move for the Pistons. This guy can for sure play, and I want him around for the future. So th- he's going to be great for the rookies. Great for our upcoming rookies. He's been playing great defense. He, he tries. He's a hard worker. Um, he just shows it. He just shows it in his play that he, he's giving it all out there. That's the type of player you want. And the 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 amount that he's producing, I would have never guessed this. I, I knew he was going to make a jump, but I didn't know it was going to be this this good of a jump. So obviously, Weaver saw something in this kid. You kind of talked about it in the first podcast how deep him and Weaver kind of go. You've told me about it. Um, so this is, this is a great, great, great signing by the Pistons. Yeah, and it just goes back to, you know, getting those culture-setting guys early in the rebuild. And Jeremy said it too. Um, I read an, uh, an interview or I heard an interview saying that, um, yeah, he, you know, he turned down the chance to, to win things uh, in Denver but be a fourth option. But he has a chance to be a pillar and build something from the ground up here in Detroit. And that's something he really wanted. So... Um, just having someone with that accountability and that kind of mindset, you know, you know, we had to force feed Andre Drummond uh, be, to be a pillar of, of the team and uh, he could never do it. And, um, you know, he never wanted it. So to have players that you know, want it, have that hunger and um, can, can back it up with their play is nice. And I think he'll only get better when he's surrounded with better players, you know, whether it's the rookies getting better or, you know, additions via trade or free agency. So if we start surrounding this guy with, with pieces, you know, he can definitely be, um, 
a, a game changer for sure. Oh, great. Right now he's like the main piece, the main guy. Like you said, once you become the main guy, obviously defense zone, defense is honing in on you um, even more. So yeah. even with the defense is honing in, it's not like this guy is like going out there and just having really, really, really bad games. I mean, I think he had a couple, like a couple weeks back, but other than that, like the other night, I think he dropped uh, 29 points and um, I think it was like around like four or five rebounds and four assists. So it's like, what, what what more do you want from this guy? I mean, he's producing a lot for being the main guy, the main guy, the defense is honing on in on, he's still producing for us. So it's like, like you said, I'm, I'm even, even more excited for year, year two when we have more pieces and the rookies are more developed. Um, It's going to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see, you know, where he can go take this team. All right, cool. Uh, Let's talk about uh, dude. I don't even is it Mason or Miles? I don't even know. It's Mason, right? <laughs> Mason. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Mason Plumley. Um, you know, I think we got a lot of slack for signing this guy. You know, it was a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Uh, it was the first contract of free agency. It was the first number people saw, first player people saw. So people were upset. People were joking. Uh, and I think after this, it was Jaleel Okafor. So, you know, people were making those center jokes. But I think Plumlee's definitely worth $8 million a year. He plays hard. He plays smart. And we talked about this. You know, he just plays the game the right way. Uh, you know, we had talked, you know, in, in podcast one about, you know, you could easily bring in a, a veteran minimum guy like Javille McGee or someone. Um, I don't even think he's a minimum. He got, he got paid too. Uh, people wanted players like McGee. But McGee's not a smart player you know he doesn't uh change the game and affect the game with his uh basketball iq he affects it with his athletic ability you know so and you don't want too many of those guys you need you want players who can be in the right spots for the right reasons at the right times um and know why they're there and and make plays from there and that's what plumley does and and you know you can laugh yeah he's a, he's a plum dog and he's a plumber and uh he's one of the plumley brothers or whatever but uh, he's a good player man i honestly i didn't know he was like this good until he came here um so I, I appreciate him being here and I think he's going to be helping the younger guys too. So uh, I, I appreciate the signing and, um, and I appreciate the player. And I think we called this one too, you know, uh, we called it an overpay and I think it still might be a slight overpay, but you know, to get those guys in side of culture and um, you know, be a building block of what you're trying to be. I think it's worth it. So give me your thoughts on Mr. Plumley. Yeah, I'm liking what he was doing so far. Um, like you said, you already pointed out, he's like a smart intellectual player. Um, he's going to be good for the rookies and the upcoming rookies. He's he's a good teacher, and he's going to teach them the right way. That was the main thing that you said, that he plays the right way. And that's how I want the rookies to learn. You don't you don't want the rookies to learn from, we keep bringing him up, but like an Andre Drummond type of player, JaVel McGee type of player, that's not who you, who you want them learning from. You want, you want them learning from the guy that's going to be making the right plays. The guy's going to show effort on every play. And the guy that's gonna that's gonna make the smart play, what uh, <clears throat> and the play that's gonna benefit the team. Um, so far, I mean, his stats say it all. I mean, the guy's averaging almost a double double. I think he's averaging ten and nine, and on top of it, he's averaging almost four assists. So he's having a great season for us. So you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, and uh, I suppose he was he was uh, getting some calls at the deadline too. You know, people wanted him so. Um, and, and, and you know what's funny about that? I actually would have, I wouldn't have minded if he got traded. Uh, I, I want more 
I'm greedy for the draft draft asset. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens this offseason. We'll see if he's still on the team or not. But yeah. as of right now, he, he's a good piece. Yeah, I mean, from here, he's, what, two years, 16 mil? And I think a yeah. lot of teams will be definitely willing to pay that. You know, look, I mean, Brooklyn's kind of stacked now, but they're begging for a center, you know, I mean, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Look at Toronto. Toronto was begging for a center a couple weeks ago, so. Exactly. Uh, Boston. Boston's having a horrible season right now. And one of the main things they need is a defensive center. Uh, Not that Plumlee is like a big defensive guy, but he he does. He does play defense. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the final, you know, big free agency guy, Josh Jackson. Um, This one is is one that I've kind of soured on a bit. Um, I just don't like his game. (laughs) He kind of reminds me of kind of like a Reggie Jackson kind of player. Uh, kind of dribbles there out of the ball and takes weird whack shots, uh, goes up. He's a wild player. He goes up wild shots. Um, sometimes he, he jumps and he doesn't know what he's going to do and he kind of just throws it away. He's not really a plus defender, uh, not really an ace three-point shooter. He's not really a playmaker. He's kind of just there to be a chucker. Um, he's not really a smart chucker either. Um, yeah, and I appreciate he's from Detroit. I appreciate he was, you know, the number four overall pick or whatever, but um, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's a long-term piece or – someone I'd want here long-term. I think Josh Jackson, everyone hoped Josh Jackson would be what Hamido Diallo has been, you know, just a downhill player who can score at will. Um, but Josh isn't really like that. You know, I think in the beginning of the season, he could score at will, but uh, it's kind of cooled off and we're, we're kind of seeing the real Josh Jackson now, just inefficient and just a chucker. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really mind the guy. Um, I won't say like I hate him or I want him off the team or anything like that, but I won't say that I love him either. Um, I feel like he, he'll be a good guy. Like if we keep on the team next year, just to come off the bench, I think that's more of the type of player that he is just to bring off the bench. Like you said, he's not this great defender. His shot's really weird to me. I don't know. Is it, is it weird? Do you like his form? Like, I don't know. It comes off really I, I, weird I, I, to me. Every, everything about him is like weird to me. Every, like his, yeah. body, his body mechanics is like, have you seen him like run down the court? He like swings yeah. his like arms. Like, I don't know. It's weird, man. Everything. Yeah. About him is so weird the, to me. Yeah. The layups he goes up for are weird too. Like, I don't know. It's just like the way he positions his arms, it just comes off really, really like weird. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason he's missing so many of them. But yeah, like you said, he didn't turn out to what we hoped. Um, this is one of the ones that we hoped were going to be a signing that turned around his career. He was going to average 15 plus maybe for once and, you know, just have a turnaround break, breakout season, but it didn't turn out like that. But I still don't mind the signing. I'll just say that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I think he knows that he's not really, a you know, a building block here as well. You know, I think he got a DNP the other day. Uh, and Hamidou and, uh, you know, Frank Jackson got the minutes, but he came back to the following game and scored like 31 or something. So, you know, he can do those things for sure. Uh, and I think he's definitely be a good, you know, seventh, eighth man off the bench. Um, but I don't, I'm not sure if he's like a building block or, you know, someone who I'd, I'd build around. Uh, I do like him, you know, just a Detroit connection, you know, and, and I just personally, I think he's a, he's a good guy, but just strictly basketball, you know, I'm not sure if you know, he kind of fits what the team is doing. You know, I know we got a couple of two guards here, that we want to develop. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of two guards coming up in the draft as well. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, if we keep him around, I wouldn't mind to uh, keep him around. as like a, I don't know, 15, 20 minute guy off the bench just to relieve somebody. And he, you know, he can play small forward too, especially in today's league when, when they're running small ball, this guy's six, seven. So I wouldn't mind to just keep him around to just bring off the bench 15, 20 minutes, play some defense, hit some shots if he can. Uh, for for that type of player, I don't think he's 
bad, but um, yeah, I don't see him here in for the long term future. Yeah, agreed. Uh, one guy that I'd realized that we didn't talk about um, earlier that we should have is Corey Joseph. I know we talked about Delon Wright and what the trade was, but we never talked about Corey Joseph. Uh, and he's, he's playing amazing right now. Yeah, but I hate him, dude. I hate his game. It's an old man game. He looks like he's like <laughs> limping out there. He plays so slow. It kind of reminds me of like Paul Pierce's game. You know and, who he uh, is? He, he's Andre Miller 2.0, yeah, oh, if you dude, remember yeah, him. Yeah, that's exactly what his game is. And <laughs> it works. I mean, he scored like 20, 24 against his old team the other night. But uh, yeah, and I actually, I think that's kind of that's the kind of player that these rookies kind of need to, you know, calm them down a bit and slow, slow the game down for them a bit. So, right. but I don't know. It's just not fun to Especially, watch. especially and, Killian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just not fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I don't want, you know, on this team of all these young guys, I don't want freaking cord joseph going off on a night to night basis you know what i mean so uh <laughs> just taking away stats and minutes and other stuff from the young guys so i don't know i I'd, I'd honestly much rather see dennis smith out there than Corey joseph but uh you know i understand why he's out there and i, and I get it but and I, i'm not going to make a big deal about it because it's like the rebuilding team and a rebuilding season but i don't know i just don't like the guy <laughs> um See, I don't, I don't mind him. I don't, I don't mind that old man's game. And sometimes you need that on the team. And you know, you like you said, it's not fun to watch. But the Spurs weren't fun to watch. And look how many championships they got out of it, though. This guy, he, he just, he's like another Mason Plumley, like Plumley, like he, he plays the right way. In nine games with Detroit, in twenty-two minutes, he's averaged twelve points, three route, three rebounds, and five assists. That, that's a great backup point guard right there. And if, if, if they want to keep him around for a couple more years after this, just to help teach our young point guards and saving Lee and uh, Killian Hayes, I would not mind that at all. Yeah. I think he's um, his contract actually goes to next year, but it's non-guaranteed. So I think we can cut him, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I hope they don't bring him back. I think there's other point guard options out there. especially veterans, but um, I don't know. Cool. So uh, I think it's just about time to wrap it up. We'll kind of, you know, wrap it up with, you know, how you're feeling about the re- rebuild so far, where we are, where we're going. So if I if I exported all the data from this season for this team onto like a flash drive and I gave it to you right before we recorded episode one, would your thoughts about the team change? No, this is, I think we both kind of predicted this. This is what we wanted. Um, a lot of losing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we both wanted the losing. We know the talent that's coming up in this upcoming draft and that's the way it's going right now. The team's losing. Uh, I know they want to, they've been winning a little bit more recently. Our rookies are progressing. That's what another thing me and you both wanted. Um, We wanted to see uh, all the young guys get time. And that's what happened. As soon as we got rid of Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, Delon Wright, it's just, it's about the young guys. Now it's about the young guys. It's about them develop their development. And it's about getting, uh, better picks in the future and that all that's happening. I couldn't, even, I couldn't be more happier. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, I think we're actually much further along than I thought we would be, uh, you know, before we record that first episode, um, you know, we knew they were going to be bad, but to be honest, I mean, the proofs right in front of us, we haven't talked about their record or, you know, a win or a loss, you know, this whole episode, it's not about that. And, you know, we mentioned in the first episode, everybody was complaining about all this dead cap hit from Dwayne Dedman. And we said, it doesn't matter. Like in in year one of a rebuild, it doesn't matter. And no one has mentioned Dwayne Dedman's dead cap hit since, you know, the day they cut him because it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. And it's not going to affect. Yeah. I mean, it'll reduce your free cap uh, next year by five mil. I mean, does that matter? No. Uh, right. again for this team it doesn't matter so but even I, next I year think... even sorry not to cut you off but even next year if we take on some dead cap 
it really doesn't matter. This team is not going to be a playoff team for probably about another two years. I mean, they, they can do the play-ins and everything, but a team that's going to compete, complete, oh my God, compete in the playoffs, it's not going to be for another couple of years. So it's like, I, I don't mind if they're doing all these moves just to get extra picks or whatever extra assets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, from the, from the time we recorded that first episode, I think uh, three of the four rookies have outperformed what I thought. Um, you know, we have uh, more young players on this team. Uh, you know, Hamadou Diallo came in. Um, you know, we got rid of the veterans. We got rid of Blake. We got rid of D. Rose. So, you know, that was a positive for sure. And we, we replenished our picks, I, I think. I don't know if I already mentioned that. But, you know, and, and the team's just playing smart and, and playing the right way. Uh, Jeremy Grant outperformed what I thought he would perform. So I think in general, this team is much further along than what I thought. And, uh, you know, I think they're probably closer to being competitive than we thought. Obviously, it won't be next year, but, you know, maybe the year after, you know, once they have a couple of pre-agency classes and a couple of years to develop their own rookies, uh, especially next year after, you know, this mega class of, of rookies, you know, I think this team will, you know, will be fighting for, you know, uh, hopefully uh, the playoffs uh, the year after next year. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, for these young guys, uh, kind of transition into the next subject. Uh, for the young guys, Coach Casey's been great for them. But do I think he's a long-term option? No. But I think he's a good rebuild guy. Uh, I'll say that about him. Um, I, yeah, I think so, he's a good yeah, coach. Exactly. I'll stop you there. Uh, just because he's not the guy that's going to win you a championship doesn't mean he's not the right guy for right now. Yeah. And I think he's the, he's one of the perfect coaches for this moment. You know, the young guys, you know, people say, oh, he's not managing the rotation right. He's playing the veterans. You can't you can't play rookies and young guys the entire game. You have to make them earn it. You have to make them learn how to play right. I mean, and I like how he's sprinkling in the veterans. And, you know, that's uh, say what you want. It's working. I mean, all the rookies are are performing. He's putting the rookies in the right places at the right times uh, in the right situations for them to succeed. And, you know, I give him props. Yeah, sometimes sometimes his rotations they 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 still irritate me, but he is the right coach for the rookies, um, and just our young guys in general. Look at look at what he did with all those Toronto young guys. They, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Pascal Siakam. He he was he was good for them, and they they still praise the guy. So it's like <clears throat> that's the type of coach you want around, and and he's the type of coach that wants to bring the uh, the best out of you. He's there to bring the best out of you. Sekou, we we both been high on Sekou, and we've kind of been low on him recently. And but you can see that Coach Casey is still trying to bring the best out of the guy. Yeah, exactly, and that's probably a good good uh, good topic for our next next Pistons pod. You know, uh, biggest disappointments of the season. And uh, biggest surprises of the season. So we probably should have done that today, but whatever. <laughs> is that is that uh, your sneak peek right there? Biggest yeah, disappointment of the yeah, season right yeah, after we talk yeah. about Sekou? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is, dude. And he's, he's my favorite player on the team, too. But he's just, I know, I know. You, you were, you're the one that got me on Sekou's yeah. train. Like, I, I, I didn't, I'll, I'll admit this, I didn't know much about the dude at the time. And then when you got me on this hype train, and I'm like, oh my God, like this guy got potential. Like, he, he's going to be good. And, yeah, and we, we yeah. see the flashes, and, you know, we see why they drafted him, but dude he does not put it together and people like to blame Dwayne Casey for not playing him he his minutes are garbage when he doesn't play he doesn't make him count here's a challenge next time you watch Sekou Dumbuya play watch him set a screen and look closely specifically at him setting a screen he doesn't make any contact there, there's no reason for him to even try to set a screen because he does he's rolling before the guy even makes contact with him 
So it's just <laughs> this kind of shit. I mean, he's just always lost. And it, I mean, I know we're trying to wrap it up. This is kind of a different <laughs> subject. Yeah. And we'll probably yeah. Get into this, but uh, yeah, that's probably a, a good top, good place to stop. Um, yeah. No, you're right. And, and one last point I'll make, but uh, we shouldn't completely give up on Seku just because the mere fact that he is still only 20 oh, yeah. years old. That too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think anyone's out on him. Uh, I don't know if I made it sound like I was, but uh, you know, I still like him, but uh, it's not Dwayne Casey's fault that he's not performing. You know, at some point Seku's got to step up and. Oh no, I was kind of out play. on him too. Like I, I was kind of just like, man, like just like even during trade deadline, I, I wouldn't have minded if he would have got traded. Like I was that, that low on him at that point. Like I was just like, get him off the team. Like whatever. I don't care. Like if he gets traded <laughs> to bring back something else, like that's fine. But then I had to like sit down and like think about it. Like, okay, the dude is only 20. Like maybe we should just give him another year and see what, what happens next year. Yeah, I agree. And I think these, these remaining 20 games, I know we talked they're big for uh Killian, but I think they're pretty big for Seku too. So no, agreed. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I think that's probably a good place to end it. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of NFL draft stuff next week and uh, probably the week after. I think the draft is uh, end of April. Oh, so this is uh, so exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So this is, I know this is where we both, uh, you know, really this is our giddy. Super Bowl right here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of weird that uh, normally I'm, I'm like knee deep in draft stuff, but I think with all this new coaching staff and all these hires, you know, I kind of got started on draft stuff a bit late. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, like just, just like starting first round stuff you know i hope to get into the second third round guys by our next pod so yeah we'll we'll have something to talk about i'm I'm ready i'm ready for them (laughs) all right so we'll uh we'll wrap it up here again my name is german and uh for money this is uh saved by the ball the motown chronicles take care guys all right cool so uh let me stop the recording here i think that turned out longer than we wanted but (laughs) it was pretty good yeah i think it turned out pretty good too.